Hey, before you start listening, here's a disclaimer that this episode contains several spoiler warnings for many popular books. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, then stop listening now. I mean, I really can't control you. Alright, that's it. <laughs> Enjoy. Hello, and thank you for choosing to listen to Ramble Live. I'm Zoe. And I'm Elizabeth. (laughs) This is the podcast where we critically examine inconsistencies in books and films. Today we will be discussing the plague that is main character syndrome. We got a lot to talk about. So basically we're just going to be yelling a lot on here. So it's not going to be kind rhetoric. (laughs) We're not meaning to offend anybody, but these are opinions on main characters and there's a lot to get through. Mm -hmm. Starting with the first one, which is the chosen one. The chosen one trope is very common, uh, known throughout the popular series, Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, The Hunger Games. It's a lot harder to be, say that someone's the chosen one when it's not a fantasy series. Because there's no prophecy or dystopian government to fight against. Well, don't you hate it when you can't be a main character because you don't have a dystopian government to fight against? <laughs> oh man, if only I knew where to find a dystopian government. Oh Gosh, wait. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the biggest things about the chosen one trope is like we just said, it never happens in real life. So real readers can't relate to anything that the character is going through all the unwanted attention everything that they have to do carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders like it's all it's all like they don't the whole thing about the chosen one is like you're chosen you don't choose like you don't get to decide what you're fighting for and like that's something i'm not a hero i was chosen to do this but i'm gonna do it because it's the right thing it's much more powerful when like a person chooses to do the right thing when they had the choice to like completely disregard it exactly like if harry potter were like some average like average like little high school kid and then parents he's like a normal wizard and then (laughs) (laughs) If he had parents, if he had, like, a normal upbringing, and then he saw, like, what was happening with Voldemort and all that kind of stuff, and he said, hey, I'm going to choose to start a revolution, like, that would have been something that we can all relate to. Not because I'm special, not because anyone told me this is your great destiny, not because there was a prophecy written about me, but because it's the right thing to do and it needs to be done. Not by him specifically, just he steps up to do it. Exactly. And like defined morals is a whole part of that. You never see their defined morals before they're like the chosen one. You never see like, you don't see like Percy Jackson, like sitting in like his little preschool chair, like, man, I really do hate (laughs) big authorities. (laughs) If only someone were to like give me magical powers. And like, I find out that my ADHD is really the fact that I can't breathe in ancient Greek. Oh man. (laughs) That was his dyslexia. Oh, that was dyslexia. Yeah, ADHD was battle instincts. Zoe. Instincts. (laughs) Yeah, but like the whole thing is like, if he had not gone to Camp Half-Blood, if Harry Potter had not gone to Hogwarts, like, they would not have done what they had 
done. Like uh, Percy would not have been in the Battle of Manhattan in any significant way or like stopped Cronus from being resurrected and the Titan's curse or any of that stuff. All the things that they stop is because someone else forced them to do something and they chose like half of what they did. But like, <laughs> cause no one has a full on decision. Cause everyone knows if you have like an old man come to your house with a letter that was delivered by an owl and it's like, Hey, you're going to learn witchcraft. That sounds insane. And no one would do it. Right like well someone would do it but like the vast majority of people would be like okay yeah that's a no if his parents were still alive like he would have parents that he loved maybe even siblings friends at school he'd love his life and then it's like okay you need to go to a different school and forsake all your friends and everything that you know pretty much for the vast majority of the year and you don't get to see your parents and you could die by going into the woods or going on the third floor or having someone do a spell wrong in class or have Quidditch go incredibly wrong even if you're in the stands like right exactly no one in their right mind would do that and no one would let their child do that I don't (laughs) care if they were wizards moral of the story chosen ones are just just happen if your parents are dead (laughs) yeah yeah, it only happens because their parents are dead. Because no, because all parents, the, va- the vast, vast majority of parents love their children way, way, way too much to ever put them in such dangerous circumstances that they just might survive because the power of friendship and some power that they didn't earn. Right. Like, like the whole thing about it is like none of it was earned. And it was like a whole, like it's a big, it's never just like a small power. It's like a big power. No, you're the special power. You don't only have powers but you have a special power you're a child of the big three not only are you a demigod you're a you're a son of the most powerful and you're not supposed to exist oh no my goodness what are you gonna do with all this power are you gonna like start a war or something there's like one like one chosen one character big power big like responsibility just doesn't do anything you know who does these things everyone else all the side characters it'd be hilarious if like they actually killed like the main character because they're really 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 dangerous and then like one of their former best friends like took up arms like okay hear me out the end of harry potter Mm -hmm. harry actual actually dies and neville kills voldemort stop that'd be cool hear me out like they're both supposed to be the chosen ones but they're like no Neville could do so much more, but like ugh, Neville was like such an ignored turning point. Like we learned that, like if he went to go kill Neville's parents, then everything would have been different. But like honestly, and like Neville's, everyone's just like, oh, he couldn't be the main character because he's awkward and he's dumb and he's stupid. And it's like, okay, he was one years old. Yeah. Voldemort chose James and Lily probably because James was more infuriating than Frank Longbottom. Yeah, agreed. Like, that was the only tipping point, pretty much. And I feel like Lily was pretty sassy herself, so, you know. Yeah, movies did not do Lily good at all. Um, (laughs) But, like, if they, like, changed things up, if Harry died and just, like, didn't come back to life with the resurrection stone and all that kind of stuff, 
and like Neville killed Voldemort can you imagine like how much better that would be like how much more connected people would feel like look at this there's this underdog who is told he's like kind of the chosen one not really he's kind of average and he's like he's always been looked down on it's like oh you 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 can't even do magic like you fell off your broom on the first day and then like oh you were supposed to be the chosen one but he chose the other one you're so much of a loser and then he comes out and kills Voldemort excuse me yes that would be like such a better like that would make a plot go from like kind of okay to like oh my goodness I did not even think of that because like like the way it was mentioned like Neville was mentioned it was like it was like kind of an important point but then it just like kind of faded away into the background that would have connected everything Neville's important no he's not yep (laughs) (laughs) like and it's like oh but he killed Nagini yeah well like literally anybody could have done that any Gryffindor with the sorting hat could have done that he would have been like the only one who could have defeated Voldemort right like if Harry had actually died and respect to authors who can actually kill main characters and leave them dead it destroys me I hate it but I also respect them a whole lot more not you calling out stephanie mayer <laughs> i'm basically calling out everyone except for james dashner who i kind of sort of hate but respect a lot for reasons we have previously discussed right all right <laughs> moving yeah. on to the next type of main character the misunderstood with the unrealistic trauma <laughs> oh because my. the trauma is non-existent or it does exist but then it just like never leaves a imprint mm-hmm like I watched my parents get murdered in front of me but I'm somehow a functioning adult it's such an overplay trope like the most like trauma that they'll have after like having their parents like cut up into pieces and displayed in front of them on a silver platter is like one rage one one raging monologue when they're 15 and had a lot of stuff happen to them right and if it's a dude it'll be like I punched drywall and I I had to uh, one nice girl I'm done I punched drywall <laughs> <laughs> but like honestly like um Percy Jackson gets abused by his stepfather like his entire life you can see that he has anger issues you can right. see that and that he's sassy as a defense mechanism and but that- like other than that there's no actual like trust issues or anything but- and he's been bullied at school and switching around schools I've moved once within my memory that affects a person he moves every year and not to mention the fact that he's like been screwed over by the system he has like he has like several it's like learning disabilities and like he can't do like physically cannot do well in school how frustrating is that there's Mm -hmm. no way someone's gonna be stable for that he had like five years of schooling where the only person he thought who loved him was his mother because he only met Grover at Yancey, which was his sixth grade year. So he had like his entire elementary school experience only thinking about his mother and he was always at boarding schools. That messes a kid up. Like that much much, like non-parental contact is like, seriously, like I remember reading something about like boarding schools and it was like, they're getting all these results back from studies done on boarding school kids 
and they're turning out super messed up because they don't have any sort of necessary parental contact that develops a child. Like you cannot tell me that Percy Jackson went through all of this on top of having extreme power and did not end up messed up. Yeah. <laughs> having to go to therapy. Like yeah. what? I mean, I understand. Sally's an angel. Sally Jackson's an angel. But like he faces bullying at school, learning disabilities, moving every year and an abusive stepfather. And then there's the whole case of Percy uh, Harry Potter, who didn't have uh, parents to begin with. And then he has his aunt and uncle and cousin who abuse him and he gets bullied at school. He's got nothing. And again, with that like lack of parental, like any sort of parental contact, like that extremely damages a person like that and then he's just like all right yeah just gonna trust ron this kid who i met on the train like zero trust issues from not having anyone to trust your entire life all the emotions from nine years just don't exist having everything you own exploited are you serious like like that kind of emotional manipulation (laughs) it's completely unrealistic which focuses back onto male main characters which is Mm -hmm. A whole different discussion because it's like you don't realize how much toxic masculinity factors into main characters until you look at it from that perspective like there were taught their entire lives that like men can like are like super cool and they like don't need emotional help and they don't experience emotions like women do and like women are the only ones who like experience like deep emotions and like that factors into writing and you can see it Mm-hmm. So, and like they don't even like the authors probably can't even tell like I mean even with the female characters there are all these masculine traits that are projected onto them because they need to seem strong you, you can have a girl who likes dresses who can still overthrow the government they don't have to be all tough and angry and stubborn like right. that's like not inherently strong that's just th- those are just emotions and characters character traits no not really but words go <laughs> associating masculinity with strength strength is inherently problematic it's like mm-hmm. and that goes factors into like the whole masculinity of like dominance and like being the man of the house and all that kind of thing so like that factors into male char- main characters that factors into female main characters like you see it with Triss and you see it with Katniss because yep. like, Triss and Katniss are like tough women and Tris has a short haircut at one time and they don't wear dresses or makeup and they're they don't except in the movies they wear way too much and it's like oh I I just fought the government and I almost died but like my eyeshadow though like (laughs) but that but that's like the movie makers saying like oh I want her all natural and then they put like five pounds of foundation on their face yeah it's like natural (laughs) yeah I mean acne is a thing right and like if if you're in some of those situations it's not the most obvious thing but no one's gonna be like like when um Katniss is in the capital with her squad thing during the war and they're looking for the pods the hollow and all that sort of stuff making propaganda videos like her hair is perfect every moment hair doesn't stay like that it gets greasy Everyone looks like camera ready and I get it. They're supposed to, but like there ain't any showers. The male characters are making them overly aggressive to deal with their trauma with female characters. 
they're making them overly emotional to deal with their trauma like one crying scene but that's it and everything else is like closed book they're always closed book they're never or, like, or they're like a weird mix of the two where they're like overly aggressive and then they're like really 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 sad at some point and then they're like oh that makes me even angrier like <laughs> Katniss I get it Rue died it was horrible I love Rue Prim died it was horrible but like you can't decide that that's the only moment you're gonna be sad mm-hmm. and you can't decide that only those two things are gonna make you angry when the entire society is problematic God, like oh. you kill Cato. oh that doesn't make me angry Rue oh my gosh everyone needs to you die you can't pick and choose what you feel yeah like honestly uh i have not read insurgent but in the movie they make tris like really really aggressive as one of the first uh subplot points like peter riles her up in amity and she like attacks him with a steak knife and it's like i get it there's lots of emotional trauma but why is tris the only one acting like anything happened right like they (sighs) They never let, like, it's factors back into, like, again, talks masculinity with, like, main characters, like, over-aggression. Like, she's the only one who's aggressive. She's the only female who's actually overly aggressive. You never see that with any of the other female characters who mm-hmm. are, like, in exact same situation, exact same, like, trauma. Some of them have even gone through worse things, but you never see that kind of anger in them. Even I can though they have gone through that. I consider it really strong when someone decides not to hurt someone else for the trauma that they've been through. That's a different like, thing than ignoring all the things that have happened to a, a character. A character still has to has to deal with all those things. Like Christina, like Tris shot Will. Like, why don't you just like shoot his arm or something so he can't fire the gun? Anyway, like like there's one scene in the movie there is one scene in the movie where she's mad but then like nothing like she's just like okay yeah we're cool now yeah but like I get it that there was a bigger thing but they never talk about it they never talk about the reason that why Tris shot the man she loved I'm sorry that just evaporates because there's a bigger problem it all goes back into crappy writing of trauma <laughs> yeah like they like they write trauma the same way they write um they write how they deal with trauma the same way and like while it might be fine for one book yeah uh, like I get it four shuts down his emotions because he's angsty but like not everyone does that um well, Christina was a candor she was taught from birth to speak her freaking mind she's gonna do that Right. No one has made her do anything when she doesn't want to unless they were a superior officer or unless they drugged her up and mind controlled her. She's not just gonna let that go and nor should she. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's such a crap it's such a crappy thing. If it works for a character great but if it doesn't if it's completely out of character not a coping mechanism not a defense mechanism for the character there, there's no there's no reason why they shouldn't be reacting to all the stuff that's happening to them yeah like with Katniss for example she 
was born on fam. She was born and raised on family. She was born and raised on knowing what family feels like, knowing what comfort feels like. The first like opening scene is her talking with Prim about the emotions that they're feeling before Reaping Day. Why isn't that reflected over to what happens to her later? Why doesn't she openly talk about her emotions like people who feel so connected with their families do? That's why like her relationship with her mother, Prim, Pita, and Gail like the people who are supposed to be closest to her, her mother shot down after her father died. That would hurt because I feel like Katniss trusted her. Okay. Then Gail like becomes a horrible person. She has shared, I guarantee you, she has shared mostly everything with Gail. Exactly. And, and Prim. I feel like she trusted Prim. Right. Um, I can understand that. Like, yeah. I feel like I can understand that shutting down, like, after a while, but, like, it's all throughout that yeah, she the, shut down. There was one hug in Finnick's wedding where she hugs Prim, and Prim always says the right thing, but Katniss never talks about her emotions. I get it. Prim probably knows her better than other people, right. but, like, Katniss needs to know that she can trust someone, and I bet, she, I bet on my life that she trusts Prim. And then I bet she starts opening up to PETA. But that's never explained. It's always just Katniss doesn't share (laughs) at all. So in short, main characters are problematic and they need fixing. They need reanalyzation. Make them act like people. Exactly. Stop making them Mary Sue's. Stop making them the same exact like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. It's boring and that's why everyone else for goodness sake give them freaking parents oh my goodness please (laughs) full main character who has like a full family like zero trust issues like zero like mental illnesses just to see how the author fits that into a plot it'd be so hard and then to like (laughs) illustrate how it progresses and how it should be written. All right. Are we closing out? (laughs) I think so. That was our conversation on main characters and why, yeah, you get the gist. You listen to us (laughs) for like 25 minutes. Thank you for that, by the way. We're glad you were here. (laughs) And that's my timer. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.